The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Oops, one moment. And hello again, wrestling fans. Uh, welcome to another edition of This Week in History. Uh, just had a screen up there for those who are watching. You'll see that it was the Monday Night Wars uh, clip. But for those not uh, and we're just listening, there was a little bit of a delay there. I'm sorry about that. But we want to thank you for joining us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcast from. We are visually on YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. So thank you wherever you are. Like, share, subscribe, do everything you need to do. Be a part of our uh, show. Send us your memories. Uh, easiest way to get to us, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Go to our website, scumbagswrestling.ca, or, of course, easiest of all of them is Facebook at our Facebook page, and we're always able to be DM'd at any time. I'm quick at responding to whatever's going on. We just finished off with WrestleMania last uh, weekend. We also finished off with the Ontario uh, Indie March Madness Tournament. Congratulations to Wade Allen. Thank you to everybody who uh, took part in the voting. We're going to try and do maybe a spotlight of the Ontario talent starting in uh, June and uh, make that part of our website as well. So a lot of things going on if you're a fan of Ontario Indie Wrestling and uh, a lot of events going on throughout Ontario. You can catch me at Hammerlock uh, Pure Wrestling events in Strathroy on April 23rd and Elmer on May 14th. So you can uh, share your thoughts and join me at those events. And I try to go to other events throughout the uh, province as well when opportunity arises. But we are here talking about history, and we're going to look at the week of April 1st through the 7th. We got a lot of WrestleManias to go through, so we're not going to cut, uh, break them down too much. A lot of uh, titles changed during those uh, manias. We got spotlights on... Oddly enough, DDP and Randy Orton, both using the same move uh, as their finishers, and they're both born in the same uh, week, basically, and we're going to spotlight both of them today. But we can't do that until we go over to Niagara Falls. Hopefully, he's dodging bullets on Clifton Hill, and <laughs> we're in Niagara Falls with Jonesy. How are you, sir? It's quite funny when stuff like that does happen, shootings and whatnot, and... You have relatives and that are like, are you okay? What makes you think I was down at the midway at 1230 in the morning? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit odd for maybe if you're a tourist, you're in the area. Uh, for those uh, unaware, Niagara Falls had a shooting uh, just last night. And a couple of people, unfortunately, at least one has uh, died. But if you're living in Niagara Falls, you're probably not going to the tourist areas unless friends are visiting, and especially not at that time yeah, of and, night. And no tourists were harmed. Exactly. It was just, uh, it was just, well, suspected, you know, gang bangers or whatever. But Gotta love it. But uh, you're safe. Everybody's fine in Niagara. Uh, don't let that stop you from going to any tour. Excuse me, tourist areas. Enjoy on what Ontario has to give, whether it's regular touristy things or wrestling. So, if we want to, uh, to talk about history, might as well dive in with our 
Headlines, starting with DDP. All right. I just got to minimize my screen a little more. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Ah! First, 1990, DDP made an appearance at WrestleMania 6, driving his pink Cadillac uh, to the ring with Jimmy Hart and Rhythm and Blues. One of those iconic uh, entrances, I think. Early iconic entrances. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that DDP was doing that. He had his own car. He drove it to uh, Toronto just to be used for that. And uh, I think it was possibly due to his connection with Dusty. And Dusty was at that event as well. So he had been doing uh, managing uh, beforehand in the Florida area, uh, along with everything going on with uh, the different clubs. And they knew that he had a Cadillac. Worked out perfectly for Rhythm and Blues. And oddly enough, I don't think we're going to end up talking about it in the spotlight. But oddly enough, DDP's two WrestleMania appearances were both at the Sky Dome. Oh, yeah. That's kind of weird. All right, DDP. Uh, 26 years ago, April 1st, 1996, at a Monday Night Raw taping, Mick Foley makes his WWF in-ring debut as Mankind, defeating Bob Holly by submission. Later in the show, he would attack and lay out the Undertaker. Uh, quite the uh, debut for Mr. Foley after uh, Vince didn't run to really bring him in and then put him under a mask. Yep. And I liked his original um, music opening. I thought it was... Uh, yeah, he had... Two entrance, two different musics, one for uh, the demented side and then the calm after yep. a win. Uh, April 1st, 2001, members of WCW who were signed to WWF deals after the WCW sale attended WrestleMania 17 in a skybox. Those in attendance included Stacey Keebler, Mark Gingerak, Hugh Morris, Lance Storm, Chavo Guerrero, and Sean Stasiak. The WCW stars were to be involved in the Vince and Shane match until Stasiak leaked the plans to the dirt sheets. Uh, Vince changed the plans and they were nearly sent home. At least they got to be there and I don't know. I'm glad they didn't include them because that match was already crazy enough with Linda in the comatose state fully out there. Trish and Steph. You add the WCW guys? I don't know. Yeah. Could have been a big old miss. Uh, God, word. Uh, there it is. Uh, having a little technical difficulties. 16 years ago, April 1st, 2006, WWE presented their annual Hall of Fame ceremony. Bret Hart was the feature at this. Oh. Brett was the feature as this was his first appearance in the WWE since the Montreal Screwjob. Also included were Gene Okerlund, the Blackjacks, Tony Atlas, William the Refrigerator Perry, Sensational Sherry, and the late Eddie Guerrero. Interesting class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I always liked Sherry. That was great to see. April 1st, 2007, as a result of Umonga losing to Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania 23, Vince McMahon had his head shaved by Donald Trump and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was there for it. WrestleMania 23. Oh, yes. I always forget which one, the other one you were at. 
Ten years ago, April 2nd, 2012 on Raw, Brock Lesnar returns to WWE after an eight-year absence. In his first act back with the company, uh, he F5's John Zena setting up a bout between the two at Extreme Rules. Uh, a few weeks later, also returning to the WWE on the show is Matt Bloom, formerly known as A-Train in 2004. He was a very successful wrestler in Japan, winning the GHC and IWGP Tag Team Champions as Giant Bernard. His new name and gimmick is Lord Tenzai, and it flops instantly as he is revealed to be Adrian as soon as he takes his mask off. Why bother with the mask in the first place? Uh, Should have just left the mask on for a year or more, just like they did with Kane. And said that before, and uh, it was one of those things that was weird. It's like they did all this work and last minute went, eh, fuck it. Well, it's the same thing with... Uh... Uh, they did that with Savio Vega, and he was Quang. You now they at least had him with a mask, and then when they took him off and he, uh, the mask off, they let him be Savio Vega instead. But they could have had him, yeah, be wearing the mask and do everything that way, and then eventually be revealed as who he was, uh, and lose the mask, and people might have uh, had respect for him, and it might have gone a little bit better than what it did because. Yeah, it wasn't taken seriously. And next thing you know, he's hanging out with uh, tons of funk with, uh, but uh, what's his name? Brodus Clay. Uh, uh, some of the gimmicks. People say that the, the 90s were bad. Oh, mm. Anyways, April 3rd, 2000, WCW Nitro. Uh, they played the best of Nitro as they were preparing for a company-wide storyline reboot. Uh, Raw would win the ratings, of course, that night with a 6.4 to a Nitro low of just 1.8. 11 years ago, April 4th, 2011, WWE signs Jonathan Good, a.k.a. John Moxley, of Dragon Gate USA and ZZW fame. He would be renamed Dean Ambrose in the WWE. 11 years ago, April 4th, 2011, on Raw from Hotlanta, The Rock and John Cena agreed to a match at WrestleMania 28, one day after WrestleMania 27. This is the first time a main event for a WrestleMania would be announced one year in advance. Well, I, kind of thought, I kind of thought maybe they were going to... There's a chance they could have done it this year had, say, The Rock showed up at at Raw or whatever. But maybe it, next year they'll do that because, to me, that's that was one of the best lead-ins to WrestleMania is right after the the first one. Boom. They, they announced for the first time, here, here's your main event. And it was it was a big one. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I think the uh, best part, though, was the fact that I don't think John Cena was even the champion at the time. So having Rock come out and do that whole thing with Cena, because, yeah, I believe uh, the night before, Miz had retained thanks to uh, Rock being the guest referee. So Cena wasn't the champion at that time. So it was two superstars against each other. Had they done that this year, on Sunday and have uh, Rock come out and uh, almost challenge his cousin Roman uh, to the match that everybody's anticipating for at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles for WrestleMania 39. It almost sets up a 
year of it doesn't matter about the title because you're going to have Roman with the belt the whole time, and no surprise there. So the guy, uh, I guess, spaced it out. Plus, with the, how big Dwayne is, you never know if he's even going to be available to be part of WrestleMania as much as it's hoped for and been wanting uh, to be done for the last couple of years. So uh, kind of a smart move on their part. And they had also enough nostalgia this past weekend throwing in Triple H, leaving his boots behind Undertaker on stage. Vince at 78 uh, doing a match and taking a horrible stunner. And, of course, Steve Austin highlighting both nights at the end. So you can't go wrong. And The Rock could have been maybe a little overkill. Yeah, it could have been. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, where am I now? And also, I but oh, no, where am I? On the same show, I think Sin Cara makes his yep. debut. That's the one. Anyways, on the same show, Sin Cara makes his WWE debut, doing a run-in following the Sheamus defeating Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE United States Championship. Sin Cara would do a rough trampoline bounce into the ring and stutter step until he delivered a great kick to the back of Sheamus's head. Knocking Sheamus to the floor, Sin Cara then would pull out a beauty on a top turnbuckle, flying body press to the floor on Sheamus. Sin Cara would continue to hit and miss in the WWE. Yeah, great talent, but unfortunately a lot of bad bookings and bumps. And yeah, just not good. He had a cool entrance. Yep. Also, John Morrison and Trish Stratus defeated Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero. For Stratus, it was a final match in the WWE for years. 40 years ago, April 5th, 1982, in Memphis, Andy Kaufman defeated Jerry Lawler by disqualification after Lawler used the then-banned pile driver on Kaufman. Lawler wouldn't stop there and gave him a second pile driver. Kaufman had to be stretchered out of the Mid-South Coliseum. Yeah, with that, it's funny uh, that they came up in a way at this time because of what happened at the uh, Oscars and with Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith because Jerry Lawler referenced him and Andy Kaufman on Letterman saying, I did it first uh, with slapping Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And so it's always nice to bring up the past that way, even for cheap heat. Oh, yeah. Or pop. Uh, or pop, yes. Pop and heat. April 5th, 1992, after months away from the WWF, the Ultimate Warrior would make his return to save Hulk Hogan at the end of WrestleMania 8. Many thought this was a different warrior as he was less muscular than the last time he was seen on TV. I say, in fact, that the Ultimate Warrior did die in some kind of uh, wrestling accident and they brought in a fake one. What do you think, Sean? <laughs> It was the same guy, James Hillwig or Mr. Warrior, legally. Warrior. All right. Uh, 23 years ago, April 5th, 1999, WCW presented Monday Nitro from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. WCW unveils their new logo. An exploding vagina. Yes, an exploding vagina. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I thought you know, they should have just kept it the way it was, but hey, um, but I will say the entrance for uh, Nitro was um, 
really neat. And, uh, man, they put a lot of work into that thing. And the amount of times it had open and closed during a show, it, it was impressive. A lot of talent thought it was a joke. Ah, uh, but I, I think it, it honestly, the logo was the best thing about that era of Monday Nitro. That's it really crazy. was. That logo was great. I love that logo. Like not the logo itself, but the set. I just I thought it was you know, I thought it was good, creative, showmanshipy. All right, now that I burned up time on that. 37 years ago, April 6, 1985, Ken Patera and Masasito are arrested in Waukesha, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, after Patera threw a rock at a window outside of a McDonald's restaurant after being refused service after business hours. Officers would show up at their hotel room to question Patera when the officers were assaulted by both wrestlers. Two men were convicted of battery of a police officer and were sentenced to two years in prison. Yeah, I found the article that one of the newspapers had. And for those watching, you can see that it says 15 battered, bruised, and bloody cops learn never pick a fight with a pair of pro wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Sayedo and uh, Patera in uh, cuffs going to their uh, court date. And maybe they'll touch on that on the next season of uh, of that. Uh, Dark episode. Side of the Ring? Yeah. I mean, that may not be a full episode, but they could take stories like that and have two or three stories in an episode. So. Yeah. Because there's lots of stuff like that. Uh, April 7, 2014, Ultimate Warrior makes his first appearance on Raw since June of 1996. He would stand in the ring with a warrior mask on and channel the spirit of all the warriors and talk on how the spirit of the ultimate warrior will live on. The next day, warrior would collapse in a parking lot outside a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, and was pronounced dead at the scene at a nearby hospital. Actually, I, I thought it was, see, it says it was pronounced dead at the nearby hospital. I thought he was dead on the scene. I thought he like dropped like that. Anyway. No, I think they did make it to the hospital because they were trying to work on him, but he probably was gone in the parking lot, but not uh, pronounced officially until they got him to the hospital and a doctor could do it. Uh, but I just yeah, see that, an ambulance screaming down the highway with the ultimate warrior's music bearing. Yeah, that would have been more appropriate, I guess, especially with his uh, the way he'd run down and uh, blow himself up uh, going to the ring. It's uh, just kind of weird how his speech at Raw was almost his own eulogy, as yeah. though he knew what was going to happen. And uh, quite the weekend, if you ever get to see the uh, documentary uh, behind the scenes with him uh, doing that, he made amends with everybody uh, along the way that night at the uh, Hall of Fame, then came out the next day, waved to everybody, came out on Monday, did a speech, and as you said, keeled over, passed away. Uh, the next day, he basically had everything that he needed to clear his conscience of, I guess. Yeah. And that whole speech, it could be he was talking about the ultimate warrior leaving. Not him, but the ultimate warrior. Because really, in a way, that was probably going to be the last night of that character. He could have come back and done stuff, but it would have been, you know, kind of like how The Undertaker is now. That's not the... Yeah, it's, it's a Mark different Calloway. type of Undertaker. Now it's Mark Calloway, the guy that played Undertaker, and there 
he's kind of able to separate it. And I think it's actually good because it's another it's we've never seen Mark Calloway right. in the ring dealing with other wrestlers or like I, I think I, eventually he's going to be like, you know, their GM or whatever the hell. Anything's possible. And those who watched the Hall of Fame uh, saw that he basically gave a 45 minute TED talk. Yes, I didn't see it all. I, 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 I'm going to still watch it, but I seen about 10 minutes of it. And that's exactly what it, it sounded like was a TED talk. And he was I, good. He could go and tour and, and do talks like that because he's he, he shows he's really good. He looked like a teacher up there. All right, we're going to go to birthdays. Oh, and about TED Talks, um, uh, Eric Bischoff uh, Eric Bischoff has a really good one that he did. Um, it's definitely worth uh, watching. Birthdays, April 1st, Randy Orton, 1980, 42 years old, and it's the spotlight. I can't believe he's only 42. I always thought he was a little older than that now, but wow. Uh, Randall Keith Horton, born April 1st, 1980, is an American professional wrestler and actor. Well, yeah. Uh, widely regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Uh, and is currently signed to WWE, where he performs on Raw brand and is one half of the current Raw Tag Team Champions with Riddle in their second reign. Just because you've been in movies doesn't mean you're an actor. I'm sorry. That is a term that's used Far too much. He's acting, but not quite an actor. Perhaps in the ring. Uh, Orton is a third-generation professional wrestler. His grandfather, Bob Orton, father uh, Bob Orton Jr., and uncle Barry Orton were all wrestlers. Um, before being signed by the World Wrestling Federation, uh, he trained in and wrestled for the Mid-Missouri uh, Wrestling Association in Southern Illinois Conference Wrestling. He was signed by the WWF and was sent down to OVW, where he held the OVW hardcore belt twice. He became a member of the stable Evolution shortly after his WWE debut, where he quickly led an IC um, championship reign, his first championship with the company. He also acquired the moniker The Legend Killer during the storyline, which he began disrespecting and then physically attacking WWE Hall of Famers and wrestling veterans. His rivalry with fellow wrestler John Cena has been recognized as one of the longest and greatest uh, rivalries in history. Uh, yes, it did get old, but their matches still were good. Uh, Orton has held the WWE Championship 10 times and WWE's World Heavyweight Championship four times. He was the final holder of the World Heavyweight Championship, which he unified with the WWE Championship to become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion at TLC, lead ladders, tables, and chairs. All right. He was also the winner of the 2013 Money in the Bank ladder match, as well as a two-time Royal Rumble match winner, and it just goes on. Yeah, there's a lot of titles here, as uh, people watching visually can see on the screen. Um, he went AWOL from the Army or uh, Marines before uh, even joining uh, wrestling. Uh, so he's not looked uh, too far uh, nicely upon by the uh, services uh, aspect of uh, the United States. Uh, he appeared in uh, movies of That's uh, What I Am, 12 Rounds 2, The Condemned 2. I've seen 12 Rounds 2, but I haven't seen Condemned 2. Uh, Changeland and Longshot. 
two-time OVW hardcore champion, 10-time W yeah, champion, four-time world heavyweight champion, one-time Intercontinental, one-time U.S. Kind of surprised on that end because you'd think he'd have more of those. One-time world tag team champion, I believe that was with Edge, uh, Two-time World and Raw Tag Team Championships with uh, Edge. That was the Raw ones there. I forget who the uh, Tag Team World ones were with. The one-time SmackDown Tag Team title is with uh, Bray Wyatt. As you said, Money in the Bank. And two-time Royal Rumble winner. So he's just been there forever. And I do like him, but I don't. It's one of those love-hate things because how do you continue liking a guy who just won't leave? type deal. It's almost the Cody Rhodes thing. If he had gone and come back, I might like him a bit more, but he's just gone through everybody and that long feud with uh, Cena and stuff like that. Great and puts on amazing matches, but his character hasn't changed. It's very stale, uh, but definitely a great talent. And uh, if there were ballots for uh, the Hall of Fame, he would definitely be a first-round uh, ballot uh, inductee. Agreed. Um, and there are some other people that had birthdays, including uh, on April 1st, it was Jesse Sorensen, uh, who turned 33. April 2nd is Jack Evans, uh, who turns 40. April 2nd is Scorpio Sky, turning 39. And Sawyer Fulton, 32. On April 3rd, Lance Storm turns 53. And finally, April 4th, Chelsea Green turns a ripe 31. All right, the big events. 32 years ago, April 1st, 1990, WWF presented WrestleMania 6. Uh, this WrestleMania would be the first uh, good guy versus uh, good guy main event and the first WrestleMania uh, of the U.S. Plus. Both the IC and the WWF World Belt would both be on the line, with the winner keeping only the World Belt due to the rule back then of, on the, only, uh, of the only one belt rule. Yeah, because they uh, changed that uh, later on when you had somebody like, uh, I believe Seth Rollins had uh, the world and uh, U.S. at one point. Rob Van Dam had the WWE and the ECW. Uh, we also had Kurt Angle with the IC in Europe. Mm. Yeah. I, I can see holding more belts. More than one belt in other comp with other companies, but with the same company, I think you know, the, the only one I, I understand having, say, an IC and a tag team. But why have an IC and a European or IC in the US? It's like it's pretty much the same level belt. Yep. Anywho. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, 21 years ago, April 1st, 2001, WWF presented WrestleMania 17. Uh, the show, oh, sorry, yeah, that's right, 17. Uh, this show is considered the best uh, WrestleMania among many due to the great lineup and took place only a week after the purchase of WCW. Yeah, definitely uh, one of the all-time favorites uh, there. Just so much uh, good that happened that night and... 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, that. Mm. Uh, 15 years ago, April 1st, 2007, WWE presented WrestleMania 23. 10 years ago, April 1st, 2012, WWE presented WrestleMania 28. At the time, this mania was the highest grossing WrestleMania in history. And 33 years ago, April 2nd, 1989, WWF presented WrestleMania 5, The Mega Powers Explode. Even though this WrestleMania had a high buy rate, uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter readers were not impressed. They voted it the worst major wrestling show of 1989. Yeah, I, I still don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think WrestleMania, I think if anything, WrestleMania was better than WrestleMania, uh, sorry, 5 was better than WrestleMania 4. Uh, I love WrestleMania 4, but I can understand where uh, people have a problem because of the whole tournament format. But with WrestleMania at that time, you actually had more in-ring and you might have had 14 matches, but it wasn't taken up by a lot of video packages and... Uh, ring entrances like uh, the current WrestleManias are. Yeah, during, you know, the time it takes Undertaker to get to the ring, he, he already had a match done. Um, 33 years ago, April 2nd, on the same day as WrestleMania 5, uh, the NWA presented Clash of the Champions uh, 5, no, 6. Jesus. Uh, Raging Cajun, uh, this event was on the same day as WrestleMania 5. It was the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. It didn't go so well for NWA as just uh, 5,300 5, 5, were in attendance at the Superdome. The Superdome holds over 76,000 for football. So this is, this was like they didn't experience this again until like the, you know, the early 2000s. Um, Ricky Steamboat defeated Ric Flair to a one in a best of three falls match to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I think I'm going to go back and watch that. I don't know if I've ever actually watched that event. Yeah, they kind of learned their lesson to stop going head-to-head with WWE. Uh, of course, this was the result of uh, them trying to counter what WWE did to them with Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I think the Royal Rumble probably did better for WWE countering WCW than the Clash of Champions did for countering WrestleMania. Yep. Overall, WWF was the better package. Maybe they didn't well, It was more globally accepted yes. as opposed to the Southern wrestling of uh, WCW. Uh, 27 years ago, April 2nd, 1995, uh, WWF presented WrestleMania 9. That was the a lot of people will say it's a disappointment. Um, the one in Las Vegas, I, I, I thought it looked great. Um, there's there's a few good matches in there, uh, but there's some stink. Overall, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a okay WrestleMania. Um, but, yeah, they, they actually put a lot of work into that one. It shows on the camera. Uh, the WWF ch- uh, Championship match was the second last match with Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow taking the main event. Okay, so that was WrestleMania 11, 11. not 9. I was Uh, looking quickly at the notes and (laughs) trying to figure where we are. Okay, wow. It's all good. So 11 actually stunk more than 9, I think. Yes. But, uh, you know, hey, I I give it um, to Lawrence Taylor. He did a pretty good job for a guy that doesn't wrestle. 
Yeah. But I will say that uh, the uh, last couple of years with the celebrities, might as well be joining in Knoxville this year. But uh, Logan Paul, uh, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny were celebrities who wanted to actually wrestle. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville did Johnny Knoxville. Absolutely. I, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. He did Johnny Knoxville stuff. But they did their roles of what they were needed to do. Yes. And celebrities wanted to get involved with WrestleMania, and they show up being something other than just a celebrity, then I welcome it. Because Logan Paul was impressive. Jake Paul was impressive on the microphone during the uh, pre-show. If you sign the Paul brothers there, they have atomic heat. You got guys who want to work, know how to possibly work. They know how to do shoot style. Logan just showed that he knows how to uh, learn how to do professional. I'm sure Jake could do that too. And they could make tons of money together with Vince. Mm. Uh, I thought Johnny Nick Knoxville did a great job. I thought that match was amusing. There's a little bit of stuff that I would have taken out, but overall I thought it served its purpose. The crowd seemed to like it and uh, holy shit. I think at SummerSlam, we need to see Wee Man take on another midget. I'm I'm sorry, but Wee Man. Bring back Hornswoggle. Yeah. Like, because I, I as, as that, that was the, the standout point of that match. Because some of the other guys got involved, but whatever. But that was like the old old throwback of having midgets in the ring. And he did a fantastic job because he slammed a full-size guy. Yep. And I saw memes. Uh, I know we're taking a, a step back from the history at the moment. But I saw memes with uh, the fact that uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens are best friends. And they were just uh, people wrote, "You take Saturday, I'll take Sunday," as though that was their conversation. And both of them did steal the show on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Back to history. Yes, back to history. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Bobby Love Sponge defeated the Texas Hangman. Uh, this is at the WCW event. Ultimo Dragon uh, defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr. by submission. And Sting defeated Hulk Hogan in a steel cage match to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, that was at WCW Malice, which was a basically a podcast wrestling show. Yes, I guess I missed that part. Oh, That's all good. I'm a little off tonight, and I'm telling you, do not have a hot chocolate just before you're about to talk a bunch. It just, I don't know, it, that my, my tongue's swollen a little. 16 years ago, April 2nd, 2008, WWE presented WrestleMania 22. Uh, six years ago, April um, uh, 2nd, 2016, in Texas, Shimmer Women's Athletes presented Shimmer Volume 80. Uh, the show was one a one-night tournament to crown the first ever Heart of Shimmer champion. Their secondary title, it was a 12-woman single elimination tournament with a three-way elimination final. In the final, Nicole Savoy defeated uh, Candice LeRae and Heidi Lovelace, who is now known as Ruby Soho, in a three-way dance to become the first Heart of Shimmer, uh, of Shimmer champion. Man. Ontario's own Cherry Bomb lost in her first round match. Yeah, Cherry Bomb, Bunny, Allie, whatever she wants to be called, uh, doesn't seem to do well, even though she's a really good talent. Uh, yeah, she's not even going to be in the Owen Hart Cup, 
because she lost to uh, uh, I forget who made, oh Tony Storm. Yeah, I mean I don't I, um, I'm not hating, but I, I I didn't think that much of Cherry Bomb. I mean she was she was fine, independent wrestler and all that, um, but to me she didn't her style didn't impress me any more than your average woman's wrestler. Understandable. She's de- she's definitely pretty and all that, and she she had no problem uh, uh, talking to the fans. And if you you know booed her or anything, she'd you know give you it back. But um, married but, to the but, blade. But as Bunny, yeah, she's um, uh, she's definitely got the personality for wrestling. She knows how to do it for the camera. Twenty-three years ago, April third, nineteen ninety-nine, ECW presented Cyber Sam ninety-nine from Philly. And we have a whole bunch of title changes this week. We're going to start with April 1st, 1990. The Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan in the main event of WrestleMania 6 to become the WWF champion. The match was dubbed the Ultimate Challenge. One of my favorite themes to WrestleMania. April 1st, 1990. Demolition won back the WWF Tag Team Championship from the Colossal Connection at WrestleMania 6. April 1st, 1996, Goldust defeated Samuel Vega to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship in their second match and recording of Raw of the evening. The first match ended in controversy, so they had a rematch that night of taping. I can take on some uh, WrestleMania 17 uh, results. With Edge and Christian won a three-way TLC match to claim the WWF Tag Team Championships uh, the other teams were the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys. Payne won the WWF Hardcore Championship in a triple threat match with Big Show and Raven, where Raven almost knocked out the power of the building with the golf cart. Eddie Guerrero beat uh, Test for the WWF European Championship. China beat Ivory to win the WWF Women's Championship, a belt she really didn't need because she was more suited for wrestling the guys, but... They wanted her there, and she just totally annihilated Ivory, unfortunately, in that one. And the main event of that event saw Steve Austin beat The Rock for a second time in their in the main event of WrestleMania for the WWF Championship. And this uh, time, uh, Steve had help from Mr. McMahon in an ill-fated decision to go heel. Uh, but it happened, and the boss and... The rattlesnake shook hands and drank some beers. And, of course, this past weekend we saw the story somewhat end where Steve gave the boss another stunner. I could believe McMahon forgiving Austin and bringing him in, but Austin going doing that was just against his character. Yeah, fans weren't willing to accept it. Like, he was a badass that didn't need to go heel. And there's certain guys who can struggle to be a heel. I I think some people are having problems accepting Edge back and being a heel right now. But if he keeps on pushing, he can possibly make it work because he is that good. But there are people who get to a level that, you know, who expected uh, Triple H to get a huge pop when he returned from his quads? But he did, and he eventually did turn heel. But that was a hard sell for a little bit. 
And where did you leave off? April 1st, 2007, Undertaker beats Batista for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 23. 11 years ago, April 1st, 2011, in Atlanta at the Center Stage Theater, the former home of WCW Saturday Night for many years, wrestling greatest tag team Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin defeated the Kings of Wrestling Chris Hero and Claudio Castanillo uh, to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. April 1st, 2012, Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship to open WrestleMania 28. Is that the one where he beat him in like a few seconds? Yeah, it was a few seconds just after a, a good luck kiss from was. AJ Lee. That was just a crock of crap. Yeah, well, they made up for it at WrestleMania 30, which we'll talk about in a moment. All right. April 2nd, 1989, Rick Rude beat the Ultimate uh, Fool uh, for the WWF Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 5. Thanks to Bobby Heenan holding Warrior's foot down. April 2nd, 1989, uh, the same show, uh, Hulk Hogan defeated Randy Savage to uh, in the main event of WrestleMania 5 to regain the WWF Championship. A year earlier, Hogan had helped Savage win the title in the same building. Uh, April 2nd, 1995, Owen Hart introduces Yokozuna as his mystery tag team partner at WrestleMania 11. They would go on to defeat the Smoking Guns for the titles. April 1st, 2000, Bob Holly last defeated Crash Holly to win a 15-minute Hardcore Battle Royal and the WWF Hardcore Championship. Uh, Crash was scheduled to retain the title, however, the count for the final fall started too soon before the clock, uh, the clock ran out. Oops. Oops. April 2nd, 2000, Edge and Christian would once again defeat the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys in the triangle ladder match for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Uh, this also, uh, I believe, was the day, oh, sorry, WrestleMania 17, you would end up seeing uh, them get a third person each in Lita, Spike, and Rhino. This one didn't have the extra interference that the next year would have at WrestleMania 17. Uh, WrestleMania uh, 2000 as well. Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho in the first fall of a uh, best 203 falls match, or only a two falls match, should I say. Uh, it was triple threat with Kurt Angle defending both his titles at that uh, match, which then Jericho beat Benoit for the European Championship, and the champion didn't lose the titles at all by himself, and it took the other guys uh, to beat each other. And Angle walked out with no gold that night. Kind of crazy. Awesome kind of setup. Never had done before. And, you know, it'd be rare to do it again any other time soon. They have enough titles to mind to do it with. But it's definitely a unique uh, match that happened that night for those two belts. Mm -hmm. April 2nd, uh, 89, at the Clash of the Champions, the Varsity Club, uh, defeated the Road Warriors to win the NWA World Tag Team Championships. And John Bradshaw Leafield defeated Chris Benoit for the WD Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 2, April, uh, 22, April 2nd, 2008, along with Rey Mysterio 
winning the World Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat match in the main event from Randy Orton and then-champ Kurt Angle. Uh, 15 years ago, April 2nd, 2007 on Raw, John Zena and Shawn Michaels last eliminated King Booker and Finlay to win a tag team battle royal and retain the World Tag Team Championship. Meanly, thereafter, a second tag team battle royal was ordered for the titles, with the Hardy Boys last eliminating Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch to win the titles. Michaels intentionally eliminated Zena from the match, costing them the titles. 29 years ago, April 3rd, 1993, Don Morocco defeated the Sandman to win the Eastern Championship uh, Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. The forerunner to ECW. ECW. Uh, 26 years ago, uh, April 3rd, 1995, at a Monday Night Raw taping in Poughkeepsie, or sorry, Poughkeepsie, that's better. New York, Lunder uh, Blaze defeated Bull Nicano to win the WWF Women's Championship. After the match, a new wrestler known as Bertha Faye would jump the guardrail and broke a Lunder's nose. That woman would be Ronda Singh, who was known in Japan and had a wrestling past with Lundra, real name Deborah Miscelli, who was taking time off for cosmetic surgery. April 3rd, 2000, Eddie Guerrero defeated Chris Jericho to win the WWF European Championship. April 3rd, 2000, uh, Crash Holly defeated Hardcore Holly to regain the WWF Hardcore Championship. And everything was back to the way it should have been. Yeah. 21 years ago, April 3rd, 2001, at SmackDown taping, Triple H defeated Chris Jericho to win the WWF IC belt. Yeah, and uh, then April 3rd, 2005, John Cena beat JBL for the WWE uh, Championship at WrestleMania 21. That same night, Batista uh, would win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship uh, from Triple, Thre uh, Triple H in the main event at WrestleMania 21. 16 years ago on April 3rd, 2006, at Raw from Chicago, the Spirit Squad, Kenny and Mikey, defeated the Big Show and Kane to win the World Tag Team Championships. The Spirit Squad five-man uh, team would wrestle under Freebird rules and hold on to the titles for seven months. And part of that uh, squad also included Nikki, which people now know as Dolph Ziggler. 2016, April 3rd, at WrestleMania, Zack Ryder won a ladder match to claim the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Others in the match included Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, Sami Zayn, and Stardust in his last appearance before coming back this past weekend. April 3rd, Roman Reigns uh, beat Triple H for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 32. And finally, uh, for title changes for the moment, April 3rd, 2016, Charlotte Flair won the inaugural WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 23 by defeating Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in a triple threat match. Ric Flair was at ringside for that match, and before the match began, Lita revealed the new title. Did I hear 23? 32. 32. All right. 
Uh, Monday Night Wars, April 3rd, 2000. Thankfully, no Nitro that night. Just the best of Nitro was shown in its place. On Raw, however, uh, the April 3rd, 2000 edition of Raw took place uh, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. This was the night after WrestleMania 2000, or 16 if you prefer. Eddie Guerrero defeated Chris Jericho with China to win the WWF European Championship. The Road Dogs and X-Pac defeated TNA, Albert and Test. Um, in the first match was about a little over five minutes. This one was over three minutes. Chris Benoit defeated Taz to retain the WWF IC belt in a little over three minutes. The Big Show defeated Rikishi Fatu with Grandmaster Sexy and Scotty Tuhani um, by DQ. Uh, the match was shorter than the entrances as it was only uh, a minute and 17 seconds. Crash Holly defeated Hardcore Holly to win the WWF Hardcore belt, and that was three minutes. And Kurt Angle defeated Val Venus in a little over four. Kane with Paul Bear defeated Bull Buchanan with the Big Boss Man. Uh, took a whole one minute and 15 seconds. And the main event was The Rock defeating Shane McMahon in an easy five minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, a lot of short matches, but it was the night after WrestleMania, so understandable. And kind of weird that uh, everything fell into place like it did for WCW because they were doing their getting ready to reboot and strip everybody of their titles the following week. So instead of having a show, they did the best of. And you'd think you'd want to try and put something on against the uh, Raw after WrestleMania just to compete, but that was maybe their loss. Yeah, maybe they figured, you know, we're done of getting beat. We know we're going to get beat on this night, so fuck it. <laughs> Probably. Uh, big events. Uh, 17 years ago, April 3rd, 2005, WWE. WWE presented WrestleMania 21. The advertising for this event saw WWE superstars in parody clips and movies, including Pulp Fiction, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, Taxi Driver, and Braveheart. 11 years ago, April 3rd, 2011, WWE presented WrestleMania 27. Six years ago, April 3rd, 2016, WWE presented WrestleMania 32. The attendance was a record for the company, and it grossed $17.3 million in ticket uh, revenue. <whistles> a record at the time for all pro wrestling. It also was voted worst major wrestling show by Wrestling Observer, Observer Newsletter readers and given the WrestleCraft Gooker Award that year. Well, you know what? They can go themselves um maybe, I didn't it mind was, 32. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a gem but i'm sorry wrestle as for, for me wrestlemania is similar to for a football uh um super person. bowl it yeah to the super bowl it's one of those it's a mega event with wrestlemania the the, the what they do the set and all, everything it's, it's just incredible especially you know when I grew up in the age where you showed up at the arena and there was the ring and you're lucky if you got the WWF sign hanging there. Um, and now it's like even house shows are just a, a really Something good like value for your dollar. And it's similar to the Super Bowl, except they just do it more halftime and uh, whatnot. 
but what they do at halftime, that's like crazy. Yeah, I can see where people might not have liked 32 for uh, some of the outcomes because I will admit that I believe that was the same event that John Cena took on Rusev and Rusev uh, came out with the tank. Yes. Well, I'm thinking, you know, that would have been great for Rusev to get the victory over Cena because of the the entrance. It would have helped his character and boost him yeah. and stuff like that. I'm not sure if that was also uh, Bray against uh, Undertaker, which then Undertaker was. won. That I think Bray should have been one of the guys who beat the Undertaker instead of Brock. Brock didn't need the victory. Bray uh, could have uh, done with uh, that one. And also why Triple H had to beat Sting and Sting's one and only uh, WrestleMania appearance was up in the air. But that match did give us also the NWO and Sting against DX and a fun little brawl there. So yeah. you know, yeah, you get Sting, Sting should have won that or there should have been no winner. Um but the reason why Triple H won is because I'm sorry that it, uh, and he he deserves it to have it, but it's ego, because really Sting should have won that. Sting was the bigger star. Yeah, and you know uh, the war for WWE versus WCW was over, anyways, and yeah, I get it, but yeah, I yeah, so like I, I said, I, I can I can see where people had a problem, but this. Spectacle in itself. It's WrestleMania. It was outdoors. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Take crap on it the way these voters did. All right. We still got a bit to go here. And we're running out of TV time. And I lost my spot. If you want to continue, and I will find it. Yep. Uh, so 28 years ago on April 4th, 1993, WWE presented WrestleMania 9. This time we're talking about name number 9. This was the first WrestleMania to take place in an outdoor venue. The show was the debut of Jim Ross, who came over after his WCW uh, buyout. Uh, he'd been doing his uh, podcast or radio show and started having WWE on there. People thought there was a problem with that, but he didn't work for WCW uh, at that time or at least the uh, radio show had no relation to WCW. And then he made the jump. World's largest toga party that night shows up uh, toga. Visually, once again, it's WrestleMania. You can't go wrong with that. And then eight years ago, April 4th, 2014, Ring of Honor presented Supercard of Honor 8. 30 years ago, April 5th, 1992, WWE presented WrestleMania 8. WWF originally scheduled Hogan versus Flair in the main event uh, with a press conference uh, to sell the whole thing after the Royal Rumble, but things changed, and they went with a double main event. Hogan uh, went against Sid after Sid turned on him, and magically there was pictures of Flair with Elizabeth doctored, and so Elizabeth was seeing her honor defended, and Randy stepped up and took the title from Flair before they showed the centerfold. But definitely I agree with the uh, Savage and Flair match was really good. Hogan and Sid could have been better. Hogan was on his way out the door. There was a lot of things going on with that whole thing. But I guess they weren't selling really well with the fans of having Hogan versus Flair when they were doing it on house shows. 
and so they made it audible and uh, split it instead. Uh, you'd have to wait to WCW to see it actually on pay-per-view when Hogan uh, jumped ship and went over there. I believe it was at a Halloween Havoc, but he had to wait till. Yeah, and as Jr. would say, you didn't miss much, folks. Uh, 13 years ago, April 5th, 2009, WWE presented WrestleMania 25 with 6.0 million at the gate. More than a million dollars more than the previous WrestleMania. They would break their ticket sales record for a third consecutive year. 25 years ago, April 6th, 1997, WCW presented Spring Stampede 97. This show was best known for Booker's slip of the tongue when he said a forbidden word. Uh, this slip would produce a funny moment and show Sherry has a beautiful smile. Eight years ago, April 6, 2014, WWE presented WrestleMania 30. With $10.9 million in ticket sales, WWE for the fifth year in a row broke a building's attendance event record. And 36 years ago, April 7, 1986, WWE presented WrestleMania 2. Uh, this was the first WrestleMania to be made available to a national pay-per-view audience. This WrestleMania took uh, place in three different major cities, Uniondale, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. The main event saw Hogan beat King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. And I, I had, something tells me that WrestleMania 40 will uh, be in more than one city. Anything's possible, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's still two years away. Two more events to go to, and then we'll do some title changes. All right. Nine years ago, April 7th, 2013, WWE presented WrestleMania 29. Uh, for this one, approximately 52,000 tickets were sold the day tickets were first made available and gate receipts totaling $12.3 million. It was the highest for any event in MedLife and the most in WWE history at that time. One match on the show was rescheduled for Raw the next night. Tons of Funk and the Funkadactyls uh, defeated the Rhodes Scholars and the Bella Twins. Nine years ago, April 7, 2013, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented an uh, invasion attack from Tokyo, Japan. The show had participation from wrestlers not associated with New Japan, including CMLL, NWA, and freelancers. Uh, the Time Splitters, uh, Alex Shelley and Kushida, defeated Apollo 55, Prince DeWitt, and uh, Ryosuke uh, Ryo Taguchi uh, to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. After the match, DeWitt turned on Taguchi and aligned himself with the returning King Fail, a.k.a. Bad Duck Fail. Uh, this uh, alliance would lead to the formation of the Bullet Club. Yep, and the, the history of Bullet Club ever since. Now, we're, we've hit our hour mark that we try to stay under, but because this is a big episode with a lot of WrestleManias to go through, we're going to take a little bit more time because we want to honor some birthdays still, DDP, of course, like I said at the beginning, and the title changes that happened at those uh, last events that we mentioned. So hold on, and we'll slide through this as we can. All right, title changes 37 years ago, April 4th, 1985, in South Carolina. Jack and Jerry Briscoe defeated Wahoo McDaniel and Mark Youngblood to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. April 4th, 1993, the WWF Championship changed hands twice within minutes of each other at WrestleMania 9. 
Bret Hart lost to Yokozuna, but would then stupidly challenge Hulk Hogan for the title and lose it in less than 90 seconds later. 24 years ago, April 4th, 1998, in Buffalo, Rob Van Dam defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to win the ECW World Television Championship. Van Dam would hold the championship for an even 700 days before vacating the belt due to injury. April 4th, 2014, Jay Lethal defeated Tommaso Ciampa 2-0 in a best-of-three-falls match to win the ROH World TV title. Also on that show, Adam Cole defeated Jay Briscoe in Ladder War 5 to become the undisputed ROH World Champion. Six years ago, April 4th, 2016, on Raw, The Miz defeated Zack Ryder to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Also of note, Maurice would return to uh, WWE TV after a nine-month absence. I didn't say that right, did I? <laughs> said it more like Maurice. It's uh, Mar Maurice. Maurice. There you go. I'm saying it more like Maurice. Anyways, April 5th, 1992, Brent uh, Hart defeated Rowdy Piper at WrestleMania 8 to win the WWF IC belt. Uh, also on that card, Randy Savage beat Ric Flair to win the WWF championship at WrestleMania 8. And that is another one of my favorite WrestleMania matches right there. Both of them yeah. were pretty good. Yep. That, that, that uh, eight. Uh, it was pretty good, though they didn't sell out for that one, if I remember. April 5th, 1992, already did that. April 5th, in 2009, Rey Mysterio won the IC title from JBL at WrestleMania 25. John Cena wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat match against Edge and the Big Slow at WrestleMania 25. Yeah, and he was crazy enough to lift both of them up for a AA. Unlike uh, how, unfortunately, Rick Boogs uh, tried that with the Usos and blew out his quad. Crazy moment. Yeah, it's a bummer. But hey, at least he had the injury on the biggest night of the year. So if you're going to go out, he went out big. Um, 20 years ago, uh, April 6, 2002, in Salt Lake City, William Regal defeated Bubba Ray Dudley to win the WWF Hardcore Championship, only to lose it to Goldust, who then lost it to Raven, who then lost it back to Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, make a nice children's book. April 6, uh, 2013, cheer leader Melissa uh, defeated Sarah Knight in the steel cage match to win the Shimmer Championship. Melissa became the first woman to to win the Shimmer Championship more than once. Her championship run would last 560 days. And of course, yeah, Sarah, Knight, Sarah Knight, of course, that is the mother of um, that lady. Paige. Paige. That's it. All right. April 6, 2014, Daniel Bryan uh, wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship by beating Randy Orton and Batista in the main event of WrestleMania 30. Bryan needed to beat Triple H in the opening match to go to the main event. Yeah, and that was a whole uh, movement by the fans uh, not willing to accept. We were at... Uh, Royal Rumble that year and did not want uh, the fans definitely did not want to see Batista win. He won. They wanted uh, Dan O'Brien and from that point on the fan base was crapping on WWE until they got what they wanted. One yep. of the first and best times that WWE actually listened to their fans and it worked out well 
uh, with Daniel uh, bookending the show. Oh yeah, like yeah, he's he's not uh, what maybe Vince McMahon pictures as a champion, but he definitely uh, guys like him and Punk just talented, talented. Definitely, yeah, we can be considered in the same vein as The Rock and DDP as the People's Champion. Yeah. Uh, April 7th, 1986, the British Bulldogs defeated the uh, Dream Team to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. 25 years ago, April 7th, 1997, Nitro from Huntsville, Alabama, Ultimo Dragon uh, defeated Prince Ikea to win the WCW World Television Championship. Ikea, not, not the store, but whatever. April 7, 2013, John Zena beat The Rock to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 29. Eight years ago, April 7, 2014, on Raw, Paige made her main roster debut with the 79-second win over AJ Lee to win the WWE uh, Divas Championship. Paige would become the youngest female champion in the history at age of 21. Yeah, and that was her debut. On the main roster. Mm-hmm. I will switch over to, oh, well, there is one death. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the slide for that. But Blackjack Mulligan passed away uh, six years ago, April 7, 2016, at the age of 73. And we know Blackjack as being the grandfather of both Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, the father-in-law of uh, IRS, and, of course, the father of Kendall and Barry Windham. All right, birthday. Okay, now this next guy in the spotlight actually knew a uh, person whose father looked pretty much just like DDP. Uh, anyway, Sean, would you like to do the spotlight? Yeah, we'll uh, try and get through uh, this and give him respect at the same time. But uh, birthday is April 5th, 1956, just turned uh, 66, born in Pleasant uh, Point, New Jersey. Trained by Jake the Snake Roberts uh, and the WCW Power Plant, debuted in 1988 when he was discovered um, at wrestling shows. Uh, basically, he was a bouncer, and uh, the wrestlers would go to the clubs that he was at afterwards, and he was always interested in being wrestling. His personality just glue all over the place, and they said, you need to be in this. And so he was uh, there. He started managing uh, in Florida, and eventually made his way to the AWA. Eventually, uh, he was doing commentary and stuff like that. He made his way to WCW, but he started being a guy because of how big his personality was. It was overshadowing the people he was managing, and he was about to lose his job, or he had become basically a wrestler, and he switched to that. By a late age, I believe he was like 36 when he finally uh, started wrestling. We saw his rise with uh, having the Diamond Doll, Kimberly, by his side. He was, uh, when he was managing, he had the Diamond Stud uh, by his side with Scott Hall and a few others, Max Muscle. He did basically what Happy Corbin uh, is now doing. He fell rags to riches, hit the jackpot, and uh, started being better, he was a guy who wore every gimmick. He had the fur coats, he had the sunglasses, he had the cigar out of his mouth, mismatching tights. It was just a mess 
but he was able to make it. Um, but it wasn't really until Savage decided to put over the diamond cutter uh, in their feud in 1997 that his star started rising. And he was the counter to the NWO. He uh, was put over by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, best friends uh, from beforehand when they came back. And he was one guy who did not go to NWO because uh, it was said that they need to create somebody to go against. And DDP fell into that category. He stayed all the way to the end of WCW run. And unfortunately, his WWE uh, debut was horrible as being a stalker of Sarah, the Undertaker's wife, instead of coming in as he wanted to do uh, People's Champion versus People's Champion and face The Rock. So a couple of hiccups. Then they ended up doing the motivational speaker because he started doing that at the time. He wrote his uh, book, uh, Positively Page. So they were basing that off reality. It worked out well. He went to WrestleMania and went against Christian at uh, in Toronto. So a lot of things happened. And then his career started rolling down. I think I saw something about him uh, last match being against Bob Holly, uh, and something happened during that match to stop it. He's appeared in TNA, uh, AEW, of course. Uh, he still appears uh, occasionally in WWE. Hall of Famer right there. But I guess most people will now recognize him as everything he's done for the other wrestlers. Developing DDPY. Well, don't call it Broga. Don't call it Yoga. He'll always uh, end up advertising as soon as you ask him about DB, DDPY. But he saved the lives of Jake Roberts. Resurrection of Jake Roberts, check that out. He saved the life of uh, Scott Hall for the longest time. He feels bad about not being there for Scott uh, in the last days, and especially after COVID and everything. Uh, he has a podcast with Jake Roberts right now. Check it out. Uh, it's really good. Uh, they talk about everything, their relationship. They, um, Scott Hall tribute show is really good at the end uh, for sure. I highly recommend it, but the guy just keeps on going. Right now, he's helping Buff Bagwell uh, with the account Accountability House, and they're uh, filming a show that's like uh, The Biggest Loser and Intervention and stuff like that. They're producing it themselves and hope to have it out there, but Buff is one of the subjects of that. So just a really great guy overall. Unfortunately, no longer with uh, Kimberly, but he's been able to bounce back. I think his daughter works for AEW, uh, occasionally doing backstage interviews. But you look at the side of here, on the right-hand side of the screen, of everything that he's accomplished, even in such a short time in the ring. His podcast has said he was in Devil's Rejects, uh, ready to rumble, first daughter as far as movies, and a bunch of other straight-to-DVD uh, stuff. One-time WCW TV champion, two-time U.S. champion, four-time World Tag Team champion, uh, three-time, uh, or sorry, four-time World Tag Team champion, yes, three-time World Heavyweight champion in WCW, one-time European champion in WWE, one-time Tag Team champion in WWE, and, of course, he got his Hall of Fame ring in 2017. Of course, the downside, worst gimmicks uh, voted, 2001 from Wrestling Observer Newsletter. We talked about that as the stalker. Most improved, though, in 96. 
uh, Feud of the Year PWI against Savage. And number four, two years in a row, PWI 500 in 97 and 98. Can't go wrong. The guy, as I said, just turned 66 and has had a full life. Happy birthday, DDP. DDP. All right. And to finish it all off, the rest of the birthdays. Uh, April 5th is Sika Anoi uh, of 1945. He is 77. April 5th, Charlotte Flair. She is now 36. April 6th is Peter Maivia. Um, he is actually, he uh, passed away, um, I believe. Was that a year ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. He's, he's yeah. been gone for a while. And he was born in 1937. Uh, in April 7th, uh, got a few. David Otunga turns 42. Draws is 53. And Sanjay Dutt is 40. And that is it for this week in wrestling history. As always, it's compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, Cageside Seats. Um, Sean and myself, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you always to our uh, sponsor, Coolbet. Um, uh, and I heard about uh, them on the news uh, as far as all the new gaming things that are coming in. And one of the good ones out there and is Canadian is, is Coolbet. And coolbet.com and sportsbook betting and casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And a big thank you to everyone who listens and, of course, our genres listeners. Yep. Uh, thank you, everybody, yeah, for being with us. As I said, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Watching us visually right now on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Thank you. Be a part of it. Reach out to us. Scumbagswrestling.ca, Facebook, easiest way, or email us, scumbagsofwrestling at gmail.com. I want to thank you for being a part of this, and thank you, Jonesy. Stay safe in Niagara. Hopefully they figure out uh, who was doing all that and get them off the streets. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. It's a little bit lighter uh, load, uh, less WrestleMania is going on, uh, just a couple here and there. But, uh, yeah, check out Independent Wrestling wherever you're at. Support Indie Wrestling, and we'll uh, have a great night.